0: Hey, before we get started today, I wanted to mention that today's show is sponsored by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. But you know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com. That's Geico.com. And we thank Geico for sponsoring this very special edition of Arn. And we hope you're enjoying Arn revisiting his formative years in the wrestling business as much as we are. Let's let the good times roll. Thanks to Geico. Pardon the interruption, but I just
1: wanted to tell you really quick about two of the best ways to support The Arn Show. One is to pick up a shirt from ArnShirts.com, and the other is to grab a gimmick from boxagimmicks.com. It's the official store of The Arn Show. You not only support the show financially, but you get to show off your fandom to others, helping spread the word about one of your favorite podcasts. So check out arnshirts.com and boxagimmicks.com, And thank you for being a listener to The Arn Show. august is here and there's no better time to be a part of adfreeshows.com than right now it's all the content at your fingertips early and ad free and it's not just the incredible podcast you already subscribe to no that's just the beginning we have hours of weekly bonus content live interactive events happy hours and even now For the first time ever, we are in the thick of planning our very first in-person Top Guy experience for our premier members. Labor Day weekend in Chicago, Illinois, the same weekend as AEW All Out. Yes, Jeff Jarrett, Tony Schiavone, Jim Ross, Eric Bischoff, and friends. Yes, I said friends. We'll be joining our top guys and gals for a weekend event they will never forget. So sign up today over at AdFreeShows.com and commit to being a part of the next one because this isn't the last. Oh no, the party is just getting started. So take the plunge. I guarantee there is a tier that is right for you right now over at AdFreeShows.com.
0: Can you believe August is already here? It feels like 2021 is just slipping through our fingers. Don't let a bunch of cash slip through your fingers. Keep more of your own money at SaveWithConrad.com. with conrad.com. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners, just like you all across the nation, save tens of thousands of dollars. If you can hear my voice and you're in a 30 year loan or you have credit card debt or a second mortgage, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It really is a matter of how much just ask Tyrus in Wyoming, Michigan. He left us a 4.67 review. And he had this to say, Jimmy made things easy. Being able to text was a lifesaver, such an easy experience. How about this five-star review from Smyrna, Delaware? David and Diane from Conrad's team were outstanding. I found out in January that my landlord wanted out of the rental business, but I love my house as a fan of Conrad's podcast. I decided to give first family a call. I never wanted to be a homeowner before and didn't even know it was a possibility. David dealt with all the details. And despite a number of complications, he and Diane kept going through the options until we made it work. We closed this month and I couldn't be happier with first family. Here's another five-star review. This one comes to us from Daniel Frank. You, he says Conrad and his team always answered my questions and made me buying my first home, truly an unforgettable experience. How about Jared over in East Canton, Ohio? He left us a five-star review at SaveWithConrad.com, conrad.com. And he had this to say. I contacted Derek last year. And after looking at my information, we decided to work on my credit a bit and try again in a few months. Derek gave me a few tips that increased my score to give me the best rate possible. We were able to knock nearly $200 off of my monthly payment and two months without a payment definitely made for a better summer vacation for both me and my family, I'd recommend first family mortgage to anyone looking to refinance. Listen, no matter what your situation is, First Family Mortgage can help. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't help you save some money, we won't waste your time. But we also won't say no. We'll say not yet, but here's how. Go check out our reviews. See for yourself what people are saying about SaveWithConrad.com at ConradReviews.com. And then find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. And hey, if you'd like to give us a call, we'll even pay for the call. It's toll free at 888-425-0105 or shoot me an email at conrad at savewithconrad.com. And now let's get to the show. it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn. And of course we couldn't do it without the hall of famer himself, the founder of the four horsemen, the creator of the spine buster. It's double a it's the enforcer. It's Arn Anderson. Arn. How are you, man? Fantastic.
2: You forgot to say the holder of the Panther coffee cup.
0: Oh, (laughs) and uh, the world's last Panther (laughs) fan, ladies and gentlemen, here he is.
2: We are loyal there's two of us well there's actually three of us barrett not as much as brock and i i don't think i think he gets frustrated with him and he's just an overall sports fan but we try to support the local folks so here we are
0: well there are worse things we uh we appreciate you guys supporting local folks of course we're your friendly neighborhood podcasters carrying you through Orange's career step by step month by month And when we left things off, we were talking about something that happened on the 21st of July, 1985, uh, but it actually aired six days later on the 27th. It's a big show at the Omni, which if you've been listening from the very beginning, you know, Aaron has equated to like his Madison Square Garden Uh, and uh, something pretty major happened before the show that day. Uh, of course, uh on top it'll be Black Bart and Ron Garvin in a steel cage match, but that really only went on last because it was a steel cage. Uh, effectively, the main event was Dusty Rhodes and Magnum TA taking on the National Tag Team Champions Ole and Arn. But the real story is what happened beforehand. Let's take a listen. Tully Blanchard
3: It's no new thing to any of the people in Philadelphia what's been going on between you and I. And it's damn good and ready for the time to... Sorry, cut. I can't do that. Can't do that. Can you do this one more time? Sure. Stand by. Five, four, three... Tully Blanchard, all the people of Philadelphia know all the things you've done to myself, all the things you've done to the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. But it's time for some dudes to be paid, some real heavy dudes. You've done some things to me that you're going to have to answer for, and Philadelphia's the place you're going to answer for. You know, the U.S. title is very prestigious, and you and I have gone round and round over it. And when we come to Philadelphia this time, there's going to be no mistaking what's going to happen. I'm going to come on you like nobody's ever come on you before. I'm coming there to take you out in no uncertain terms. No baby doll at your side. Nobody to run distractions for you. Just you and I in the middle of that square circle, nose to nose, eye to eyeball, getting it on like two men should do. This is professional wrestling. This isn't some game. This is where men are men, and the boys stay on the side and watch what's going on until they Blanchard, You can't run and hide from me anymore. You're gonna have to deal with Magnum TA. All the stuff, all the things you've done are gonna come to a head. Philadelphia is gonna be the play. What the
0: and Now we see you and Oli attacking him in the backstage area here. And, uh, the attack continues. This is a pretty hot angle. This is called a
2: pre pre preemptive strike.
0: And you're going to beat him down. He's in his jeans and his cowboy boots. And he's got a white shirt that y'all are ripping off of him as you're kicking him in the side over and over. And now Oli's ramming his head into the floor. This is good old school stuff. I mean, I know that, uh, we might not have necessarily officially announced the four horsemen as being a thing yet, but this is gang warfare right here. They're out here talking trash about Tully Blanchard and, uh, hear you and your cousin or brother or whatever only is to you at this point, uh, y'all are taking care of business here in the backstage area. Is this something, is this a big angle that you would have you know, known was coming way in advance, or is this something that just sort of happens organically day of?
2: No, it had a little prep, you know, we had been brought back from doing the, the loops, uh, pretty much here, there, everywhere. And, uh, we were firmly back with the a team, we called it, um, which was the Charlotte crew. And so we figured we just finished with Slater and, uh, and, uh, oh, Jesus, Buzz Sawyer, you know, we're in the middle of that angle. So we're going to make an impression on everybody. And Magnum was the new hot guy at the time. You know, what was so cool about that? And some people might've missed it. Some not was Magnum messed up that first promo Yeah, and he actually cut it, called for him to cut it. And without cleaning it up or anything, just start it over. I don't think you'll ever see that again. You know, it was, it was one of those things that was a hundred percent legitimate and, and I thought it was really cool.
0: It made it look real. It's a fact that a child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than an adult's and leaving a child in a hot vehicle can lead to their death very quickly. Sadly in 2020, 24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke. And many of these incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car unintentionally leaving a child in a car is a tragedy and it can happen to anyone. Please set yourself reminders on your cell phone or place something you'll need in the back seat to help you remember that your child is still in the car. If your partner or caregiver is taking your child to daycare, check with them or the childcare staff to make sure that the child was dropped off. And when you've arrived at your destination, always check to make sure the car is empty. Heat stroke deaths are preventable when adults take the proper precautions, be safe and always look for your baby before you lock paid for by NHTSA. And we talk about the, uh, the show later that night, of course, it was supposed to be a tag match, but it winds up being a rather one-sided affair because obviously, uh, Magnum is, uh, is in no condition to compete. But once it looks like you guys have really just double teamed and beat down dusty Rhodes, Magnum can't help even in his diminished state, but to come out and try to help, well, that doesn't work out for him. And you guys are going to beat him down so badly that he's going to have to be stretchered out. Let's listen to a little bit of that audio
4: during Magnum's interview and warned Magnum not to be caught without his partner. That's exactly what he said. He said it on a numerous, numerous occasions. So you have to admit that Arn Anderson warned Magnum T.A. not to be caught alone. Magnum was caught alone during an interview session, and this is the result. There he is. Magnum T.A. is... Brett Wayne Sawyer is going to help him push out. The security officers are there. First aid crew is there. And Magnum T.A. is going to be taken back for some attention. Obviously, some medical attention that he really needs, and it's a courageous man, Magnum T.A., to even try to come... the ring after what had happened at the hands of the anderson and now it's absolute mayhem and pandemonium as everyone is very upset and there's a look at magnum ta well like we said arn anderson had warned magnum T. A. on a couple of occasions hey don't be caught alone without your partner Magnum was in front of that Philadelphia camera crew, and that was the result. No, it's not pretty at all, and you gotta realize that the whole wrestling world is shocked. I'm shocked, world championship wrestling is shocked as what the Andersons have done to Magnum TA. Now, Magnum got some medical attention back in the dressing room. He was able to to set up on the stretcher, and he had these words to say about the Andersons, about what had happened in the hands of the Andersons on that night in front of that camera crew. Let's go to it.
3: Well, you know, Arne Anderson, I guess you think all the cards are laid out on the table now You did to me exactly what you said you'd do You said you'd find me somewhere by myself And you'd take care of me once and for all Well you did get to me and you hurt me real bad You hurt me better than anybody's ever thought about doing damage to me in my whole entire life but the one thing you didn't realize is you haven't put me out. You tried to take away my dream, my dream to be the best I could ever be in professional wrestling to work my way to the top. You tried to take that from me. Well, now you got to realize one thing. I'm a wounded animal. I'm hurt. I'm hurt pretty bad, but you don't know how bad. In every waking moment of my life now, your images are dwelt. They're burnt in my mind, and that's all I see. Ole Anderson, Arn Anderson. And every second of the day, you're going to have to be thinking about where I'm coming from because somewhere, somewhere, I'm going to get a piece of you somewhere. Only in art Anderson, you're going to make my day. And there's not one thing you're going to be able to do
5: about
6: it.
0: Dude, Magnum was a strong promo back then, man. And that was fun to watch. You guys putting the old beat down on him and then the old stretcher job. And he's got his head wrapped up almost like a cartoon sitting on the gurney, sitting up with a microphone, just, uh, telling you how life was going to be.
2: If you wanted to have a short class for the young guys on how to make something personal, how to draw money with a personal angle and, and more, you know, less being more and, uh, having a baby face that doesn't come out and play wrestler. Does it? He's not being a character. He's not playing wrestler here. Every word, every syllable that Magnum said after that attack, and I felt like the attack looked totally legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, it made you believe in that baby face. Everybody that were sitting home watching that believed that he was going to do what he said he was going to do. And somebody, you know, has take an ass whooping over what happened. And you bought it, little hook, line, and sinker. You know, you said he was a great promo. He was just, you know what he was? He was just a very intense, credible human being period. And when he told you something, he followed it up and that draws money every single time.
0: It was very realistic, you know, especially when you compare, um, what's happening on the other channel, you know, you've got Hulkamania running wild here in the summer of 85, but it's, a, a different presentation. Shall we say, um, you would go on to wrestle, uh, dusty on TV. And uh, that was a pretty big match, especially on the Superstation. Normally, that's not something you would see. But the TV title was on the line, and they called it the Superstation Championship sa- Challenge Series. You guys get plenty of time, like especially for a TV match, of course, more than ten minutes. In the end, though, of course, as you might imagine, there's going to be some shenanigans. There's going to be some hijinks, and uh, Magnum TA is going to come out and try to get a little bit of revenge when the referee is down. And there's no one around to to make the count when Dusty has you down. Magnum makes the count. Uh, let's take a listen to what happens from there. Magnum, TA.
4: here's only Ole Anderson. Now continues to pound away at Dusty. Run. The bell is sounded. Mike Beaver tossed out of the ring. Here comes Magnum.
0: So Magnum and dusty clear the ring of you guys when Oli came in to uh, make the save, but you know, I don't think we can properly put in context in 2021, just how big of an opportunity this is for a young Arn Anderson. You're on the super station, which these days, you know, everybody's got 300 TV stations and they just think, well, okay. He was on one of the stations, but but this is the super station. Like this is a, a channel that everyone has and you're wrestling. Dusty Rhodes. Magnum's got a promo. Here we go.
7: And Anderson tried to put me out of professional wrestling. They did exactly what they said they would do. They got me by myself. Two of them against me They tried to take me out. Tried to put me out of this sport. I love more than anything. Well, let me assure you one thing. You heard me first. You hurt me real bad, but I can assure you one thing. I won't be the last one hurt. I got a whole new attitude now. I'm going to hurt somebody. I'm going to put somebody out professional wrestling. And it isn't as,
4: well as you Dusty, world television champion still. Throughout this
5: country, everybody talks about wrestling, you know? We talk about Hollywood wrestling, you know. That ain't right. This is it right here. What like the Nature Boy said, it's respect. And let me tell any hey, of you jerks sitting out there in Hollywood, if you want some of America's team, you come and get it because only and I and is you're in Daddy, and you can take that to the bank. America's team back again. Dusty Rhodes, Magnum TA, don't go away.
0: There's a new sports drama series on stars and it's set in the world of indie wrestling heels follows a family owned wrestling promotion as two brothers wore over control of the league and their late father's legacy. Ace and Jack Spades rivalry, both in and out of the ring is the main event. Brother versus brother hero versus heel even CM Punk is stepping back onto the mat for a cameo. Alexander Ludwig plays Ace Spade, the beloved hero, young hotshot, and the star of the Duffy Wrestling League. Outside the ring, Ace struggles to reconcile his idol status with his habit for self destruction. Steven Amel plays his brother in league heel, Jack Spade. This hardworking proprietor, husband, and father is trying to breathe new life into the DWL. Heels is available to watch now on Stars and the Stars app. So clearly a little shot at the, uh, WWF presentation by dusty Rhodes. there. Of course he's like the head booker, but you got to remember in 85, they did WrestleMania, uh, which it's easy to sort of gloss over in hindsight because we've just gotten used to them happening every year. But this was a major happening. The first of its kind it's on closed circuit everywhere. You've got Muhammad Ali involved. You've got the Rockettes involved. Uh, you've got Mr. T involved. You do have a lot of, uh, quote unquote, mainstream celebrities and, uh, it's doesn't take a lot to figure out what Dusty's talking about there. That this is real wrestling, and I loved that he got so fired up. He said "ass" on TBS. They actually had to bleep it. Your ass belongs to me and him, which is great stuff. This has to make uh, the fan inside of Rich uh, of of uh, of Marty Lundy feel like holy cow! I've made it. Here I am on the biggest superstation, and Dusty Rhodes is telling me my ass belongs to him. Uh, check. We're checking a lot of boxes in wrestling. You
2: yeah, have no idea to be included in in that group. You know, at that point in time, and have Dusty Rhodes threatening me, and you know, I matter enough that he would take his valuable TV time to discuss me. It, it, it was surreal. It really was. It was surreal, and uh, I was not lost on the fact that Dusty Number One did not wrestle on TV very often. You wanted to see Dusty, you had to buy a ticket, go to a live event to see him wrestle. He would do promos all the time, but very seldom was he in a match and in a competitive match at that. So that was not lost on me. And, you know, Magnum was making that thing just hotter and hotter. Every promo he did, you felt like, okay, man, we might should have finished that one all the way because this guy is hot. He's got a partner that is pissed as well. And, uh, they have a personal issue, which in those days, people wonder what personal issues are that, you know, we talk about all the time that draw. This was one of those because people believed the Anderson's had an ass whooping coming and it wasn't going to be very long before it happened.
0: It's so cool to, uh, to watch this good stuff back. I mean, it feels like wrestling has, um evolved or maybe devolved, uh, devolved, but what a show that was, of course, it aired on uh, July 27th, 1985. Uh, later that night, there's going to be a big show uh, for mid South and Tulsa at the, uh, Scaly stadium where Rick Flair and dusty Rhodes are going to hook it up. They're also going to do a show that same day in Greensboro, North Carolina. Flair's pulling double duty. He'll be working Nikita Cole off there on top. Uh, on the 28th, it's Asheville, North Carolina and Augusta, Georgia. On the 29th, it's uh, Greenville, South Carolina, and Jasper, Georgia. On the 30th, uh, we've got a show in Jackson, Mississippi. On the 31st, there's one in Dorton Arena. Uh, we're back to New Jersey for Burlington County VO Technical High School. August 1st, Dusty and uh, Abdullah on top, but you're not on that card. Instead, you're in Huntington, West Virginia on August 1st, teaming with Ole to take on Johnny Weaver and Sam Houston. We haven't spent a lot of time talking about Johnny Weaver, but you talk about a staple in that mid Atlantic area, any good Johnny Weaver stories you can tell us. No,
2: just that he was a really kind man too. You know, he was a nice, if you ever, did you have a chance to ever meet him? I did not. Just a nice man. And he had been loyal to Crockett senior and, uh, worked there for a very, very long time. When I first got there, he was kind of finishing up, um, and, but he was still involved in the office and that, you know, wasn't wrestling very often at all. Now I know Oli had an extensive, I'm sure, uh, history with, with, uh, Johnny back when it was Gene and Ole, uh, back in those days. But he was just a guy that was really nice. He was a, a fan just like the rest of us was. He loved the business and he would be an old timer to me at that time. And I was, you know. Certainly, uh, not lost on the fact that he was interested in my career, said some very, very nice things, some complimentary things, and, uh, just appreciated getting to spend some time with him.
0: And this is one I've wanted to ask you about for a while. Charlotte, North Carolina, August 2nd, 1985. You're the national tag team champion, but you're in singles action. Second match on the card against starship Eagle, who we know was going to go on to become Dan Spivey. The real life Dan Spivey, uh, any memories of working with a young Spivey here in August of 85? No, but I,
2: I, that particular match, I don't remember, but I know that Spivey is one of those guys that number one, he was a Georgia football player, which was feathering his cap where I was concerned. Cause I was a Georgia boy still to this day, a Georgia fan, which you don't like to hear Conrad <laughs> in your defense. <laughs> We don't seem to get in you guys' way on whatever you want to do every year. So, what the hell? That's, That's got right. to stop at some point.
0: I don't know but, about you know, that.
2: Danny Spivey was just a big, rugged, raw bone, you know, guy, and he was just athletic. You know, I guess Danny would probably be, what do you think, six, six six?
0: Oh, he's six, a big fella, seven, yeah.
2: Six seven you know 300 pounds and you know athletic as he could be and he was just kind of getting started and um you could just tell he was going to do well in the business and uh I just remember watching you know him on tv every chance that I got just to see how he was progressing and he really did well and had a pretty good run in the business
0: I uh I wanted to make note of something that happened pretty special the very next day, August third, we're in Florence, South Carolina, and uh in the main event it's the NWA tag team champions, Ricky and Robert, taking on the national tag team champions, Ole and Arn. And in all my research, Arn, I believe this is the very first time you've shared a ring with Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. Considering how many great matches you had over the years with the Rock and Roll Express and what a big part you were in their career and they were in your career. This is the first time it ever happened. August third, nineteen eighty five, Florence, South Carolina. What were your first impressions of uh the Rock and Roll Express?
2: Well, it was an outdoor show. If it was in Florence, it would have been at the football stadium. And uh, you know, I had watched them. Do you know their arrival date in Jim Crockett promotions by chance? Uh, Approximately.
0: I know it was 85, but I'm not, I don't remember off the top of my head. I could probably look that up.
2: I was just wondering, and I'm just going to make a comment that, you know, if they had been there a couple of weeks or a couple of months or whatever, they were guys that, you know, the reaction from day one, almost like after the first time our audience saw them, I would think the first time they came out of the gate our audience would have said, well, who are those guys? Because again, it was local TV. If you didn't have bill Watts TV or you didn't have the Memphis, Tennessee TV, you didn't know who these guys were
0: July 9th. So less than a month in.
2: So they've been there a month.
0: Yeah. Three weeks and change.
2: I would have had time to have their first week where people didn't know who they were, but I guarantee you the excitement that filled the room, that first debut match would have encompassed all of our audience members. They would have went, "Good God, who are these guys?" But they sure are exciting. And man, they they would have flamed up right away. So I would have had three weeks to have watched them on television. Uh, you know, taped the show, came back home, watched it, whatever. And right away, it was a you know these guys I knew were going to be huge baby faces. I knew the girls were going to love them, the kids were going to love them the, you know, the older audience were going to love them. They were just likable guys and just full of energy and to be in the ring with those guys without really having, you know, a long conversation with them. You know, we would see each other, you know, a little bit at, uh, uh, on Wednesdays doing promos, you know, we're all underneath the same roof, but everybody kind of kept to themselves because you wanted to keep your head in the game and. It wasn't a visitation deal. It was, we had to get promos knocked out for all those local markets. Cause we still had to drive to Raleigh for a house show that night. So what, I guess the point I'm trying to get to is we weren't all just sitting around getting to know each other, right? but I would watch them on TV and I saw where they were, you know, heading in a, like a, on a rocket ship, man, straight to the moon. These guys were getting over week to week. And the first time we walked in the ring with them and You know, Oli was kind of stuck in that, you know, these guys are too little, you know, what the hell, you know, we should just beat them up. This is what I can see going through his head. He never said that to me, but I could just tell the way initially he started working with them was until he saw the audience bought it. They bought these guys and they believed in them and, you know, they got behind them. and it didn't take me long which was about 30 seconds to decide hey i'm gonna go in here and do my best you know to get these guys over you know Oli was going to be a harder sale because he was just came from that old school you know a wrestler should be so big and so tall and so tough and all these things and there really wasn't a place for anybody that was less than that but I saw it right away and he would chew my ass out starting that night about man, why are you taking all those goofy bumps. And I just kept my mouth shut. And my answer to myself was cause these guys are, are huge money and I could tell it then. And I wanted them to go back and go, I want to work with that guy again versus damn what a hard ass those guys are. You know, it's like pulling teeth trying to get them to sell for us. But, uh, You know, already then, a month in, those guys were already on fire.
0: All right. So here's something you probably already knew. Lord knows I discovered it a long time ago. You sleep better when it's cooler in your house. And if you're like me, I've been cranking down the temperature on my thermostat right before I go to bed for, I don't know, like 20 years. And then somebody came along in the last month or so and changed my life. You see, I realized there's no telling how much energy and how much cash I'm wasting. As I'm going ahead and, uh, cooling off the whole house just so I could sleep better. Turns out I've never slept in the dining room. I've never slept in the kitchen, although it looks like it. And I've never slept in the office, but I would crank down the thermostat. And man, this whole floor would have to be 67 degrees in order for me to sleep. Not anymore. How about this little life hack? Chili Sleep is here to make your life so much easier. Chili Sleep makes customizable climate-controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well-being. What we're talking about is science, Daddy. They have told us for years the best way to achieve and maintain consistent deep sleep is by lowering your core body temperature. You see, temperature-controlled deep sleep is going to restore that testosterone level, repair your muscles after a hard day's work, and improve your cognitive function so you always start your day feeling sharp and alert. Chili Sleep hooked me up, man. Now I've got the Ooler, and you could get the Ooler or the Cube Sleep System. They're hydro-powered, temperature-controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide you your ideal sleep temperature. Now they actually recommend you set it somewhere between like 65 and 68. I crank mine all the way down to low. I want it to feel like I'm on a glacier, baby. I sleep so good with this. These luxury mattress pads, keep your bed, the perfect temperature for deep sleep, whether you sleep hot or cold. Now these sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep and stay asleep and give you confidence and energy to power through your day. Imagine waking up and not feeling tired. Chili sleep has made that happen for me and they can make it happen for you for an even extra layer of comfort. They also make something called the chili blanket, which is the only weighted blanket that can also be paired with a control unit for the ultimate sweat, free sleep, head on over to sleep.com forward slash RN to learn more and check out a special offer available exclusively for RN listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili, C-H-I-L-I, sleep.com, slash ARN to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. This has been a home run in the Anderson household. It's a home run in the Thompson household, and you're going to love it in yours. It's chilisleep.com forward slash ARN. That's C-H-I-L-I sleep.com slash ARN. Please try this. You will love it. It's gonna make you feel better and I think it's gonna save you some money. I feel like it's lowering my energy costs and saving me some cash. It's better for everybody. It's a win-win. I'm sleeping better. Don't sleep on chillysleep.com slash arn. It's uh it's something that I think is worth a discussion. Um they win the titles on their debut. So they come in certainly with a big reputation from Mid-South of being a a fantastic tag team. They put on a hell of a show. I think it's a match that goes more than 30 minutes where ultimately they win the tag titles from the (coughs) Russians and they're essentially made men there in Shelby, North Carolina. But here we are three weeks later and I'm curious, is there any resentment amongst the boys? I mean, on the one hand, you've got to reconcile that these guys are territory guys they had success somewhere else and. You watch the matches and Holy cow. Can they wrestle and boy, the, the, the women and kids, they're really with them. Is there part of the locker room? You think that maybe is like, no, wait a minute. These guys just come in and they're the tag champs. And now they're working on top and getting main event money. Uh, was there like a click of, uh, for lack of a better word, Jim Crockett territory guys who felt like, Hey, they're taking my spot. What do you think? I think so.
2: I think I agree with you. Yeah. But it was, you know, if I was a babyface, well, number one, they came in and beat the Russians, and those guys had been pretty dominant. You know, they had brought Nikita in, and they were grooming him, and, you know, the matches themselves were mostly worked by Barry uh, Darso, and Ivan, you know, just because they were the more seasoned workers. Obviously, Ivan Koloff was a machine, you know, 100% pro. Barry had been around a lot longer than Nikita. Nikita just had that incredible look, and they brought him in, and he was going to be the guy that when he stepped through the ropes, you know, the mood changed, and uh, he was a killer. So when they beat those guys, you know, that was about as, at that time, that was the hottest hills that we had, and that was a huge huge victory so if i was a baby face sitting in that other locker room and had been told you know hey we're going to use you on top and you know we got a good spot for you and all that i'd have been a nervous wreck at that point in time because there's no denying the audience they will tell you what they like and it doesn't matter how hard you're pushed or what what they do with you on tv if our if our fans don't like what they see they'll spit you out and if they see something they like no matter how you're used they're going to let you know that too. So I'm sure there was a shock wave that went over the babyface locker room. Like holy shit. Now as a heel I was just thinking, man, I want to work with these guys Absolutely. every single night and every single town. Sure. And that's the way I felt about it and you know what? It's uh My suspicions were right. They were just as good in the ring as they were if you were outside watching them. Those guys, Ricky Morton could start a riot just like that. Boom. The second he went down selling and crawling around that ring, it looked like two uh, thugs, two grown men were stomping the brains out of a 12-year-old kid, and that's the way it played. And uh, the audience, man, they got hot. It was so easy to have a red hot match with those guys, and Robert would come in and make that comeback, which he did well. And those guys won, and that was a formula that would—I bet you today—they're still using because it absolutely works.
0: It did work. They were—they were, uh, were on to something, and—and and so were you. When it came to TV, man, it's all about Magnum T.A. and Dusty Rhodes, and of course these Anderson boys. Uh, we're going to start the month of August off with some really strong promos. Let's take a listen to you and Oli here. This aired on August 3rd, uh, the very same day that the, uh, rock and rolls were in the ring with you the first time this would air on TV. You and Oli, let's take a listen.
4: Standing at ringside with the national tag team champions of Minnesota wrecking crew Oli and Arn Anderson. Tony Giovanni, I think you've got a little bit of a tape here
7: that I enjoy seeing. I know Ollie does too, so uh, can you roll that for us?
4: We are going to see a vicious attack.
7: Yes, you are going to see a vicious attack. This is the kind of scene that you see happens in bar rooms, might happen out beside some cattle barn somewhere, maybe out in the middle of the field. This is not supposed to happen in what you call organized sports. What this is... Is giving people an attitude adjustment, letting them know that the name of this game is not rock and roll. The name of this game is not playing music and wearing bandanas wrapped around you. The name of this game is winning. And to win, all you got to do is cripple or maim your opponent to the point to where he can't play any music. He can't wear any flashy clothes. All he can do is get on his back for the one, two, three, and that's what pays the bills,
6: period. What
4: would possess somebody to do something like that?
6: Money. It's the only motivation anybody's got. You don't worry about family, you don't worry about friends. You worry about being the best. And Mr. Magnum TA and Dusty Rhodes, you're looking at the best. Not going to yell, not going to shout, not going to do anything fancy. Just going to go out there and do a little bit of good old fashioned butt kicking like we know how to do. Let's go back. To
0: the- you know, back when we used to do Ask Arn every other week here on the show. About a quarter of the time we wound up talking about food and the other 10% of the time we wound up talking about fitness and how it was important for Arn to get a sweat in every day, even during the pandemic. Now, when you're trying to reach your fitness goals, it can really help to have a world-class instructor like Nicole Griffith or Michael Brown and a community of hundreds of thousands of people who can help give you that extra push. Echelon gives you that. Echelon is the affordable way to get the workout equipment, the workout community, and an instructor's motivation right at the comfort of your own home. Echelon's fitness app provides you thousands of live and on-demand classes with great music from your favorite artists. With Echelon, you can work out anytime, day or night, and crush your fitness goals. Just pick your class, climb the leaderboard, cheer each other on, and give it your all. Echelon certified fitness instructors are supportive, engaging, and fun, and they really know how to get you moving. Echelon's full range of affordable workout equipment, including stationary bikes, smart rowers, sleek fitness screens, or the auto folding treadmill are all connected to provide the Echelon experience around the clock classes for the family, including full body workout programs that keep you coming back. By the way, one membership covers a family of five and right now you can get the Echelon EX three bike risk-free for 30 days, plus free shipping and assembly. To get this exclusive radio offer with these free bonuses valued at over $250, go to echelonfit.com slash arn. That's E C H E L O N F I T dot com slash ARN for this free offer. That's echelonfit.com forward slash ARN. One more time, I'm going to spell it for you. E C H E L O N F I T dot com slash ARN. It's a free offer. What are you waiting for? It's echelonfit.com forward slash on. So there you go down and dirty old school Anderson promo. And, uh, you're rocking those, uh, Carrera shades, I believe. How did those become a part of the repertoire?
2: Well, I can't see number one, number two, when I was working back for the Pensacola territory, uh, the guys had befriended a young lady in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, who owned a sunglasses store, mm. was big wrestling fan, um, Linda Marks. I don't know how I can remember that name because I'm really bad. But she sold the Carreras. And I wasn't the first one to get them. Actually, Scott Armstrong and Brad uh, got them before me. And I went, man, I like those because they can't see either. So uh, they were actually eyeglasses that would turn as you went to the night, it would get darker or whatever the deal was. Okay. Or or during the day they were darker and at nighttime they would lighten up, but it was the same pair of glasses. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, I do. Transition lenses, I believe is what they call them now.
2: Yeah. They've only been around 40 years. I should know the (laughs) name of them, (laughs) but I just thought they looked good. And I had, you know, have always had this big fat head, So I need bigger glasses to look right. And I put a pair of those on and they just fit my head and I went, okay, so I can double travel in these roads. These work as sunglasses during the day and at night, they lighten up the regular ones. I said, that's the ones for me. They started out being functional and, you know, they looked pretty good and they just were a part of, became a part of me.
0: Well, and so did the Rock and Roll Express. You're working with them on August 4th in Sumter, South Carolina, at the County Exhibition Center. Uh, on the 5th, you're in Greenville, South Carolina, second from the top, teaming with Ole to take on Dusty and Magnum. Uh, on August 6th, you're working in the main event. Uh, you're teaming with Tully Blanchard and Ole Anderson. That sounds like a nice little pairing. Against American Starship, Ron Bass, and Sam Houston, of course. Uh, we're here to see the heels here in rock Hill. That's a television taping on August 7th. You're going to be in singles action against uh, starship Eagle and Dorton arena on the eighth. You're going to be teaming up with Oli to take on Sam Houston and starship. And then on the ninth, you're in Charleston, West Virginia. This time, dusty and Magnum are across the ring from you and Oli. And it's another TV on August 10th. And, uh, we've actually got a, uh, a clip from that right now and I believe it's not just you and Oli. Uh, there's another member of the band joining. Let's take a listen.
4: Bring it this time the National Tag Team Champions Ole and Arn Anderson to join us here today on World Championship Wrestling still with those belts.
7: Tony Giovanni, you know, some people you can tell things to and they're a little hard-headed and it don't sink in. I told Magnum T.A. twice, don't get called without your partner. Well, Magnum, it didn't sink in. So we gave you another little message here just a little while back in the form of Michael Samuel Houston. That wasn't directed to you, Houston. That was directed to us. America's team, if you
6: know what I mean. But why would you break is someone's take? arm? What does it take? We're trying to smoke Dusty Rhodes out. Talk about what he's going to do. Well, we drop Magnum T.A. and Dusty's still hiding in the background. Then we drop Dusty Rhodes and Magnum's hiding in the background. Now we go ahead and we drop Sam Houston. Why? Because he's a friend. You want to bring your mom down or your dad or your brother? Dusty, what's it going to take to get you out here? What's it going to take to get you riled up? We're really worried about you. Like everybody in the state, like every Everybody in the world, they talk about what they're gonna to do to the Anderson brothers when it comes right down to it. They're just like you are, they're yellow, they're chicken, they can't do anything, they're scared to death of us. And another Anderson, hey, hey. well, if and this oh, is a wrestling fans Steve, I don't know what is
7: the national tag team champions, my cousin, the Andersons, only an iron, and Dusty Rhodes, and Magnum T on behalf of a man who knows watch out for these two guys because this is the men this is the credibility that makes our sport go round and round now
0: so there you go you and only start Flair takes over and it starts to feel like we're seeing some seeds here of uh, what we know is going to become the horsemen here before long. Uh, when did you start to realize hey man, this group of guys, Tully, Rick, Oli, and myself, we really have chemistry here.
2: Well, just, let's just take that piece of it right there for, do you have any idea when Ric Flair walks out, just kind of out of the blue, yeah, puts you over like that, what that does for you.
0: That's a huge deal.
2: He's the world champ. I don't think there's a bigger stamp you could have put on us at that moment in time than what was put on us because he purely came out there just to validate what we had been saying, who we were. He just said they are who they say they are. And man, that just goes like such a long way because it was so out of the blue. It had to be legitimate. Why would he spend his TV time talking about us if it wasn't? And it was little things like that, that validated you, you know, I've always told guys, you know, what, what would be your advice, you know, when you do a promo? Well, don't go out there and belittle your opponent. Right. Don't, don't say he's too small, too little, too fat, too old. Build him up because you're going to have to be trading fists with that guy and swapping holes and wrestling these guys that you're, that you're talking about. And if a little bitty guy or a skinny guy or a guy that's too old or too fat beats you, guess what? That's who you got beat by versus taking your TV time and talking about all the positive things about that guy and making him bigger than life and making him that superstar that people see on television so that when you get to the fight, you know, and the audience knows this guy's a player.
0: Well, you're a player here. You're a made man, you know, Ric Flair's coming out he's the world champ and he's lending his credibility with the audience to you. And that goes a long way. Uh, but your booking is kind of all over the place. I mean, you're having opportunities to have good matches. I'm sure with the rock and roll express and your man, Oli Anderson, but very often they're splitting you up into singles action. Would it be fair to, for me to assume that they were doing that simply because Ole didn't want to work. I mean, only didn't want to work. Those towns didn't have to, and got to sort of call his spots.
2: Um, it could have been, I know that, you know, I was wanting to get over on my own as well as being just Oli's partner. Right. I I know that Oli didn't want to do a whole bunch of driving, you know, to smaller B towns. Right. And I'm sure that when he made his deal with Jimmy Crockett, it would be for the bigger towns, you know, and that would have been a closed door meeting. I just started to figure out when Oli wasn't there, he was, he was home because he wanted to be, and he had earned that right. and, uh, nobody could argue that he didn't need to be in Sumter, South Carolina and Savannah on a double shot, you know, on a given Sunday, which no disrespect to either town. It, it wasn't your A-list towns. Mm-hmm. So if he missed those and I was booked in a single, I totally got it, man. I wanted to be everywhere every day, every place there was a town booked because business was starting to catch on. We were starting to catch on. I saw how the Rocket Roll Express was starting to catch on. At that same time, the Midnight Express was starting to catch on. You could just feel that like those B-towns that had been half full, maybe a couple of months before that were now three quarters full, and you could just feel everywhere we went, business was picking up. And you could just sense it and feel it and things were catching on fire. And it was, it was a good feeling to be featured and be part of that.
0: It's, uh, interesting to take a look at some of the, uh, the results from these cards, because you're not always teaming with Oli. sometimes Oli's not on the card, but other times you guys are both booked, but in singles action, like on August 10th in Greensboro, North Carolina, you're working Sam Houston and he's working starship Eagle. Are we trying, do you think, you know, if, if you had to guess, you know, sort of retroactively what now, 36 years ago, um, are we doing you guys in singles matches simply because we, we need to fill a card up and that would just, you know, we've only got so many guys and that makes sense.
2: hundred percent. Yeah. I would say we would use that same terminology, believe it or not. That's just scare you. You know, they're trying to fill a card with names. Yeah. You know, and if uh, the name is only on one side of the match, you know, it doesn't matter. That's the name that's going to draw the people. You know, it can be Ole Anderson versus Wrestler X. Yeah, you're not paying to see Wrestler X; you're paying to see Oli Anderson. That's right. And Sam Houston was a guy at that time uh, who was a perfect baby face to get a heel that you're trying to build over. He sold great. He made good comebacks. You know, he was an underdog. He looked young because he was young. And uh he was a victim for an Anderson. And it was a great guy. You could get great heat working with Sam Houston, but still have a competitive match because he had babyface skills.
0: We uh we keep the hits going. Uh on August uh tenth, there's another big show in New Orleans for Mid South. They're alone and Flair out there, of course, as world champ to work with Butch Reed on the 11th, we're back at the Omni. Uh, and then on the 12th championship wrestling from Florida is going to do a stadium show with Rick uh, Ric Flair and Wahoo McDaniel. Uh, also on the 12th, we're going to do a TV taping in Greenville. Uh, and that's uh, of course, South Carolina, uh, another TV taping in Shelby on August 13th. Did you have a preference between Shelby and Greenville? It seems like y'all did a lot of tapings in both.
2: Well, Shelby was closer, which we always liked. Greenville, though, was a bigger venue, more people, a more established town, I think. Um, but anytime you could get a short trip, even if it was only, and I think it was probably 50 miles shorter, man, that's that's an hour you're not on the road. And that's if it's each way, that's two hours you're not on the road. <laughs> you were felt like... Uh, you were blessed to get that shorter trip. So we took it.
0: Let's, uh, let's talk about what aired on the 17th on mid Atlantic TV. It's a tag match with you and Oli, and you guys do a promo afterwards. Uh, let's go ahead and, uh, and take a listen to the promo
8: as we've got tag. champions only aren't Anderson fans only I got to tell you I've known only Anderson tough rough competitor in the ring taking it all I've never seen you stoop to do something
6: like the unprovoked attack on Magnum T.A. Well I don't know why I wouldn't call it unprovoked. the thing that I want everybody to know is that we're not playing games we're for real we're the tag team champions and we tend to hang on to these belts now Mr. Carl I know maybe you want to go out there with a glass of milk and a couple of cookies and say oh Mr. Rose would you please be careful when you're out there wrestling with me Everybody knows that Dusty Rhodes and Ole Anderson have no love between them. Goes back a little ways. Magnum T.A., he's just a big mouth. I listen to Magnum T.A., and I listen to Dusty Rhodes, and both of them are yelling and screaming and hollering. Now you figure out why. Maybe they're mad. Maybe they're frustrated. But When I look at them yelling and hollering, I see a big yellow streak. I know that that means that they're covering up because both of them are scared. You want to know how scared they are? You take a look at them. You see what we do to them in the ring. Now, everybody else talks. Dusty talks. He's got the American flag. He's got that young kid, Magnum T.A. And they go around and have everybody telling them how great they are. Look here in the ring and see how great Magnum T.A. is. I'm not bragging. Arn's not bragging. All we're doing is showing the facts. And the facts are that there is Magnum T.A. laid out. Now, let me ask you a question. Did you see us go drag him anywhere? No, he came in because he had a bunch of his girlfriends, maybe his mom or whoever, was saying, Magnum T.A., go out there, go out there. Well, why wasn't he in the ring in the first place? When he did come out, I guarantee you, it wasn't because he wanted to. He was scared. I looked in his eyes. Every step of the way, he was shaking. And when he finally got in the ring and he tried to blindside Arn, Arn turned around and caught him and pulled him in the ring. And we pounded him a little bit. And for that you say we're pulling something that's low down? We're the best. There is everybody else yells and hollers and tells everybody how great they are. We are great. Magnum TA, dusty Rhodes, You get ready because the Anderson's are coming. The Minnesota wrecking crew fans. <laughs> now let's go to the ring.
0: Ra- wow. Only just maybe one of the greatest of all time. Is he not my goodness? You, you damn
2: right. And I'm just sitting here, here in that back. I bought every word of it.
0: Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. How could you not? And you know, the key to this, and this is a thing worth mentioning, our attack on Magnum had been weeks and weeks before that, right? Yeah. But when you just take your TV time and you mention that and remind the audience that that happened, it brings it all right to the forefront again. You don't have to hammer it, hammer it, hammer it. But if you keep mentioning those guys and those things that happen, let's say you missed a week of TV or maybe you missed two weeks of TV for whatever reason as a fan, we would catch you up every week and we would keep pulling our angle forward. So it didn't matter who you were wrestling. If you still mentioned Dusty and Magnum and then you would get to those random towns that you were working with those guys. It was just like it happened last week. And, and that's an art and it's a – It's just keeping it in the forefront of people's thought process to, Hey, you know, these guys are in a heavy duty angle with these guys.
0: A week later, we're going to hear from America's team. Uh, let's take a listen.
8: Fans back in ringside, young Sam Houston. You can see here that severe injury, Sam at the hands of Arne and Ole Anderson, the Minnesota wrecking crew and Tully Blanchard, all three of them on you.
2: Yes, sir. Well, they broke
7: my arm. You know, broken bones and getting busted up is something that you come to expect when you're a professional wrestler. I just want the chance to wrestle these three men again. The way they did it, it was after the match was over, it was completely uncalled for that I felt. And I've always been taught to stand on my own two feet and fight my own battles. And that's why I want to wrestle these men again You don't worry about
5: fighting your own battles. This here was directed at Dusty Rose, The American Dream, and Magnum TA. That's where it was directed to. I want to take a look at this thing right now and show you how it came about. Tully Blanchard, Ole Anderson, Iron Anderson. Right here, you see Tully Blanchard can't leave well enough alone. In there now with the devious Ole and Iron Anderson. And watch right here. That perfect zero, baby doll, passing Ole Anderson that piece of lead or whatever it was in his knee right here you're gonna see an uncalled for, unjustified I mean below as you can get Jack right here on this kid Sam Houston right there broke his arm didn't leave well enough alone they know now and me and Magnum know now what this is all about why it
7: was called why it was done and what it's gonna get down to What this is now is a war. They said anything's fair in war. They say they can break people up. They can try to end careers. Well, I've never seen more fight, more heart in a man than I've seen in Sam Houston. This injury isn't going to stop him. We're not trying to fight anybody's battles for each other. We're going out there all together. Anderson's, Tully Blanchard, all of you are going to pay. This isn't going to go uncounted for. Somebody else is
3: going to get hurt now.
8: Dusty, they've been doing this. It was Magnum first, Dusty Rhodes. Sam Houston, it looks like they got a list they're going to work on. Let's go way back, Ole
5: Anderson, way back to 1976 in the parking lot in Atlanta, Georgia, when I got out of my car and you and your brother, Big Gene Anderson, decided to take a tire tool in my head. That's how far it goes back. That's where the beginning started. So now then, by doing this, is just made me know what it's all about. So now you got to prepare yourself for the battle of your life because Magnum T.A., myself, and yes, Sam Houston, now going to take care of business, and that's going to be some broken
8: bones on your body when this day is all over. America's team, Dusty Rhodes, Magnum T.A., and Sam Houston, let's go to the ring.
0: You know, every now and again, we... uh we have opportunities to be pitched something for sale. And they'll say, Well, here's your bronze level, and here's your silver level, and here's your gold level. I feel like we kind of heard that the promo version Sam Houston doing his best to try to spit it out, a new guy. But you could hear, uh, <laughs> you could almost hear the wheels in Dusty's head turning like, Hang on, I got it. And Dusty's enthusiasm is infectious. It almost wasn't even about what Dusty was saying. Dusty was excited, and his excitement just comes through the screen, does it not?
2: Yeah. I, when you say Dusty Rhodes, what's the first thing everybody says? Charisma. Oh yeah, unparalleled. And that that is bigger than any one promo. That is something that you have every time you run into somebody, and you're having a one-on-one conversation, or you're talking to ten thousand people, or you're talking to a TV audience. It comes across. And that's what he had. And, you know, Sam, the, the simple story of this angle was Dusty said at some point, I'm sure early on, this kid, Sam Houston, is a new addition to Jim Crocker Promotions. He's got a lot of talent. He's got a bright future. We like the fact that, you know, he, he's young and uh, inexperienced, but he's he's in there learning. And he that's all Dusty would have had to have said to give that kid a rub. Not that he overplayed it or overdid it. So we looked at that as him being a protege of Dusty's. That's another way of of striking a blow at Dusty. Break his protege's arm. And uh, it's easy for Dusty to step in and pick up that promo. And now you put a cast on Sam's arm. We go around. We do some six mans. And the rub for Sam is unbelievable. Can you imagine being partners with those two guys? No. Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine it. It's a whole different realm, and it's a rub that you keep your entire career. People, you know, still talk about that, I'm sure. So, man, just everybody won on this deal, everybody. And and only when he starts talking, man, it would mesmerize me because articulate, intelligent, got right to the point. And he didn't scream or holler. He just, there's nothing more frightening than a guy that's in your ear and very quietly telling you how he's going to cut your head off and stick it on a post. (laughs) It's just, it's just terrifying.
0: Let's talk about, um, the, the state of professional wrestling here for a moment. August 16th, there's a show in the Meadowlands called star Wars. It's a joint show with Jim Crockett promotions and the AWA you're not booked on the show, but I just wanted to get your perspective of at this point, did you feel like as someone working in the business, it's all hands on deck against Vince McMahon and the world wrestling federation.
2: It just felt like to me that the promoters were getting together and seeing the huge success that Vince was having and started to circle the wagons. You know, maybe we should have some conversations and you would always swap out like an individual talent, like a, you know, one match maybe would go to work for a big city and a big show for another promoter. Cause the NWA basically all those promoters had an agreement. They would work together and, you know, do all the right things where each other was concerned. But I think AWA was pretty much a standalone, you know, company and so for them to do a co-op show with Jim Crockett Promotions you know it, it it let everybody out there know that hey maybe we better start working together a little closely the the promotions cuz Vance you know he was continuing to go around and take the top talent from every territory so in a sense Jim Crockett to combat that you know he had flair six months or so before you know the rock and roll express arrived and the the midnight express and the buddy Landells and the arn anderson's and all these guys that came along in 85 for jim crockett he was he was assembling an all-star team as well and it was just who could get the talent because there were no contracts in those days it was a handshake deal and it was your word and and all that, but it was a race to gobble up all the talent and pretty much have two all-star teams.
0: Well, we're building an all-star team here. You guys do a show in Richmond, Virginia here in August and uh, Tully Blanchard is going to fight Magnum to a no contest when, what do you know? Arn Anderson makes the save on August 18th. We've got 9,000 fans in Charlotte to see dusty and Magnum take on Ole and Arn in the main event. Uh, singles action in Columbia with Arn and Sam Houston on the 22nd. Uh, a little bit of a change of pace in Philadelphia on the 23rd. It's Arn and Ole against Jimmy Valiant, the Boogie Woogie Man, and Pistol Pez Watley. Then we're going to do TV on the 24th, where we see Arn and Ole taking on Brody Chase and Jason Walker. Of course, that is very much an enhancement uh, match, but let's take a listen to the promo from that show. This is August 24th, 1985.
4: We saw these two men win earlier here today, the National Tag Team Champions, Ole and Arn Anderson. Tony Giovanni, uh, am I mistaken, or at the opening of today's
7: program, was there a young man stretched out by the name of Denny Brown?
4: Yes, there was.
7: Denny Brown suddenly turned into a candy gram to Dusty Rhodes and Magnum TA. Just a little message, just a way of showing you what the Andersons and Tully Blanchard, a very good friend of ours, who I think's got a little Anderson in him, can do to a man that gets in the ring with us. Now then, Rhodes and Magnum, you've decided you want a Texas Tornado match. You don't want one Anderson on the outside and one on the inside. You want them both in there where you can look them eye to eye. Well, what's going to stop us from chucking one of you over the top and then doubling up on you? Just ask yourself that, Magnum and Dusty. What's going to stop us
2: then?
6: Nothing. Nothing stops us. We're still the national champions. We're still the best tag team that there ever was or ever will be. And we're still looking for Dusty Rhodes. We're still looking for Magnum T.A. And you can throw Denny Brown in there. You can throw Ron Bass in there. You can throw Jimmy Valiant in there. You can throw in Sam Houston or Starship Eagle. Whoever you want. We're ready. The Anderson brothers are back. Coming
4: up next, a Superstation Championship Challenge Series. Don't go away.
0: Was TV day a fun day? Those Saturday TBS shows. Was that a fun day or not so much?
2: Uh, It was difficult because she always had a house show that night. Yeah, You know, it was a full day wherever you came in from, uh, the night before, uh, depending on how far the trip was, it could turn out to be two very, very long days. But we also knew that our television was our vehicle to, to make our living,
7: you know, and, uh,
2: most everybody was of the opinion, hell yes, man, that TV time is, is critical. It's so important to getting over you know, and guys that were on that, that show 605 to 805, uh, every week are the same guys that people run into you on the street now that are 75 years old and go, Hey man, you know, on Saturday, 605 to 805, I was not budging. Yeah. You know, and it's the, that face on that show, week after week, after week, you just became part of somebody's life. And that, that, that face of yours became ingrained in their memory. And they still talk about you today. And they remember the old days back then. And I have more people say that to me about any other time. Hey man, that's six Oh five to eight Oh five, man. I did not budge. And I was the same way. And you were the same way too, comrade. It was just the perfect time. If you were going out, you hadn't went out yet. Right. And if you weren't going out, you were home anyway, it was just an ideal time.
0: Let's uh, mention the travel. Like you, uh, sort of set us up for Columbia, South Carolina was the show on the 22nd, and then you went up to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on the 23rd. But then you've got to be back in town because you're doing this taping in the AM on August 24th in Atlanta. Uh, but that afternoon you're doing a show in Macon, Georgia. And that evening you're doing a show in Greensboro, North Carolina. And the next day you're back in college park, Georgia, and then you're back to South Carolina. This is quite the treadmill you're on here.
2: Did I I think I just heard you say we actually had a triple shot.
0: Yeah. I mean, you did TV in the morning and then a TV or not a TV, but a house show, a spot show, if you will, in the afternoon, but then a big show in Greensboro that night. It's, uh, that's shitting and getting, as we say here in the South. Wow.
2: As I hear it. Even though I did it obviously and, uh, performed it and traveled it, it still seems like it's almost impossible, but every bit of that was done in your, in your vehicle.
0: We, uh, we got something big cooking for August 26th. We got 4,100 fans in Greenville, South Carolina, but the main event is dusty Magnum and Ron Bass taking on Tully, Oli and Arn, and it's a bunkhouse match. Uh, I know this goes against conventional wisdom, but I have a theory that a bunkhouse match might actually be an easier match to do as far as being one of the quote unquote boys. Of course there is the inconvenience of having to get a little color and I've never done that and don't want to. Uh, but it does feel like the, uh, the, the theme of we're going to have a brawling match might actually be a little easier. Am I off base?
2: Uh, not really. It was, it was pitch up and smear with adults basically what it was and there's no such thing as a little color in those days. No, it it was, if you're going to have a bunkhouse match with those guys, those baby faces, Ron Bass was a big, rugged guy as well. It better be a fight. And, uh, there was the risk of of fighting out in the audience that you didn't have. You didn't have a nearly enough security. You had a Doug Dillinger, maybe. And that was it. And local security, which something nobody thought about local security guys that were down there, t-shirt security, working at the arena were local people. And when something spilled into the crowd, they weren't going to take the side of the wrestler. They were not going to piss off their neighbors because they were working in that town. They lived in that town. They were going to kind of veer to the, uh, to the, participants that were in the audience point of view. Does that make sense? Yes. You know, they all knew each other. Let me just say, so it got dangerous when you fought out in the crowd. Uh, There weren't adequate barricades. It was just usually like a rope, two sets of ropes that were about six or eight feet wide, which all somebody had to do is push the rope down if they wanted to come across and those bunkhouse matches were as wild as anything you you know, you would see. And, uh, as far as being easier from the standpoint of it, didn't have to have any thought process put into it beforehand or didn't have to be organized. It was easier from that perspective, but it could be a little rough on your body because once you fought out of the ring, everything else you encountered was cement, cement floors. And, uh, if you're going to stay on your feet, It's not going to be very exciting, very long. So you beat your own body up on that cement floor is pretty bad. It was, it was rough on the body. Let me put that to you that way.
0: Well, we, uh, we at home were enjoying something that wasn't so rough and it's the, the, the germ of the idea of the four horsemen, August 24th, that TV that we see in Atlanta, that made your face famous. As you said, it's going to be Arn, Ole, and Tully joining the fracas. Let's take a listen here.
4: We are here with Ole and Ron Anderson, Tully Blanchard with Baby Doll.
7: You know, Tony, it seems like every time you turn on your TV station on the Superstation, and it's Magnum T.A. Dusty Rhodes talking about getting beat up, getting double teamed, getting triple teamed by the Andersons, Tully Blanchard. That's all they want to do is cry, spilt milk. But well, we got a tape, and we want to just show what America's team and Ronnie Bass, a newfound friend of theirs, does. Now look at this. Poor Denny Brown, i got overmatched. Cruncho and he's out of the picture. Now, you watch your camera real close. Watch your screen. I know Ole Art and I have sit and studied this. Now, here they come, here they come, street shoes, fists taped up, army boots, I don't know what kind of things are on there, attacking us. Look at this, now this is America's team. Now, you talk about interfering in somebody's match, attacking from behind. And in a minute, Ole, I know
6: that you got some words. <laughs> Tully says it right. All the time, we're the ones that are being accused of jumping people. We're the ones two-on-one, three-on-one. Well, here's the situation. I could beat Dusty Rhodes by myself. Arn could beat him by himself. Tully could beat him. In fact, we've all done it. But here I got Dusty hanging on to one leg. Four people. Magnum T.A. hanging on the other one, and they get that Sam Houston. A little revenge, supposedly. Get back at the Anderson's. Get back at Tully Blanchard. Well, I'll tell you what anybody can go do what they did it doesn't take any great brain to get dressed up and come sneaking out of the wood pile and jump on a guy that's not even looking for you Well, i tell you what this time we're going to be looking we're going to be watching but we don't want to hear any excuses we don't want to hear anybody cry spilled milk we took it i took it hurt my leg fine that's great when you see us next time You better be ready, because if we get a chance to be in a bunkhouse match, all of us together, bring Dusty Rose, bring Magnum TA, bring anybody you want. Put us in a ring with our boots on, with our spikes, hammers, nails, whatever you want. It's all legal. Then let's see how you come out.
0: Stay right with us. Well, is that how you set up a bunkhouse match or what?
2: Yeah, and you know the ironic thing is you keep hearing it, there's the real truth and there's a heels truth. That's right. (laughs) And we would whine and cry and claim that everything on God's earth was being done against us illegally and immorally and everything else. When it was us doing the things that we were trying to say they were doing. And it just, that was where the heat was. We would do all these things to them and then they, and then say they did it to us. And people hated you for it. I mean, it really was Ole was the king of that, of, of turning that around, saying how people jumping out of the wood, pile and all that stuff on him. It was just, it was just so good. and so creative. And we were all so full of shit. People really hated <laughs> us in those days.
0: And boy, they love seeing those bunkhouse matches. We, uh, we laid it out a minute ago. You're going to have one in Greenville on the 26th. It's the main event. And what do you know? You're going to have another one in Richmond on August 30th. Uh, but August 31st, we get, you uh, in singles action against Sam Houston and Charlotte, but there's also two TVs that air, and uh, we're going to play a clip from that and then we'll wrap up the month of August. Uh, you're going to have, uh, some TV matches against enhancement talent, if you will, with Oli. uh, but then eventually we get an opportunity to hear from America's team. Uh, so they're going to have a response to all that's been moving and shaking here in Jim Crockett promotions with the Anders dusty and Magnum. And of course our favorite, Mr. Bob Cottle. Let's take a listen.
8: All right, fans. with us right here, ringside. America's team, of course. Dusty Rhodes, the world's television champion, Magnum TA, right here. Dusty. I don't know where that, and, and I don't think you've even heard of this, and they're not aware of it. But I've heard there's an officer somewhere in the building looking for Baby Doll. That he's got paper, actually papers that he's trying to serve on Baby Doll. Something, I believe, about some money and a credit card in Hawaii or somewhere overseas. I'm not sure what this is all about, Dusty. Well, t- let me tell you what, Bob Cole. I know what it's all
5: about. You know, Baby Doll to the owner herself to go to Honolulu, Hawaii, take my credit card, go over and entertain assorted men, drink assorted liquors, and be a wild woman, (laughs) a Jezebel, if you will. That's what baby doll is. Now, I know nothing about an officer trying to serve her papers, but somebody got to serve somebody along the way. Ole and Iron Anderson got to serve somebody. They talk about how bad they are. Iron Anderson actually stands out here and say, I don't care if you're in a bar, if you're a truck driver, if you're a motorcycle rider. We are the toughest, baddest men in the world today all over this country. He does not mention Dusty Rhodes, The American Dream or Magnum T.A. on the same breath with these other people because what they persecuted, presentated, whatever the word is, to Magnum T.A., now the dues will be paid in full because Dusty Rosie the American Dream, has no equal in this profession. None whatsoever. Now I know how to deal with pain, blues, and agony, and I'm going to deal with you the way you can be dealt with. And the world's television title is up for grabs against anybody, anytime, anyplace.
8: Magnum.
3: Well, I don't believe anything else can be said about the Andersons that Dusty hasn't already said. But well, there's a man out there that's got to be thinking about me, and that's Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard, you got to be feeling real good on top of the world, not a state heavyweight champion. Well, that belt doesn't belong around your waist, and as long as i got a breath in my body, I'm going to keep pursuing you until I get back what's rightfully mine. Tully, this thing is a
0: long
8: way from being over. All right, fans, we'll be back. We'll have more action from the ring right after we take this brief timeout.
0: How great was Dusty Rhodes?
2: I assure you, nobody wrote that down on a piece of paper and handed it to him at twelve noon. And said, "Here, memorize this by eight o'clock."
0: It's unbelievable, dude. When he, Shoot. assorted man, assorted liqueurs, <laughs>
2: then stole his credit card over there, entertaining men. That's How creative and original and entertaining is that?
0: Unbelievable. You know, it's it's no wonder that uh Jim Crockett Promotions is having their best year in history here in '85. We hope you're digging what we're doing. We're going to be back next week talking about all things September 1985. Uh, but Arn, I wanted to uh address something before we get out of here. You and I, a little peek behind the curtain, we try to get ahead. Uh, with with me having 112 podcasts and a mortgage company and you uh making appearances every single day of the week it feels as if, uh, we have to make appointments to record. And unfortunately life gets in the way and some things happen and, uh, we lost some pretty important people. Uh, I know we just, uh, were able to throw up a tribute to Bobby Eaton, but we also th- lost a friend of both mine and yours, Mrs. Peggy Lathan, uh, who was sort of the queen of mid Atlantic for a long, long time. And when I talked to Rick the other day, he said, you know, I met her when I first came to Charlotte in 1974. And he known her since 74. And I, I had the good fortune of meeting her, I don't know, eight or nine years ago at a convention. And although we didn't see each other all the time, boy, I don't think I ever had more fun talking about wrestling in the good old days. And when I was hanging out with Peggy and I've yet to met, to meet anyone who didn't have a kind word to say about her. And I know you got to meet Peggy along the way as well. Yeah. She was
2: a super nice lady. And you know, they would always come to the matches in the Greenville area and, and be so supportive and there were there were fans that were friends but you know you would see them you would pull up to the arena and you'd you'd talk to them for a minute going in the door and maybe on the way out or something and they were it was just peggy was just a sweetheart of a person and i know she was really close to to Olie and and wahoo and all those guys of, of that era and uh she was just such a sweet person she will certainly be missed that's for sure
0: and it's I bring her up because it's interesting to think about the what ifs, right? Like, I think it was back in May of 74, an overzealous fan stabbed Ole Anderson all the way across his chest, uh, like, uh, inches wide and inches deep. It was a bad situation and who's there to help make the save and help, you know, apply pressure and, and, and nurse him until he could get sufficient medical care. It was Miss Peggy Lathan. And it's kind of interesting to think you know, if, if that hadn't have been attended to in short order, man, wrestling looks a lot differently. The horsemen look a lot different if it's even possible. And I don't know, just wanted to pay tribute to Peggy today to end our episode. And, uh, man, I, I've had uh, the good fortune of making a lot of quote unquote wrestling friends. And I think that's probably been my favorite part of this whole experience I've had brushing up against the wrestling business is all the newfound friends and. I don't think I'll ever have one as good as Peggy Lathan. So, shout out to her family, and uh, I hope she's uh, got a front row seat for the main event upstairs.
2: I can't top that. Well said.
0: We'll see you next week, boys and girls. Arn September of '85, coming your way right here on Cubanus Podcast. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks, and a few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end, when people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up? You lose your license? You lose your job? You total your car? You kill someone? Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over paid for by NHTSA.
8: John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff
4: brings tips to cut strokes off your next round together it's those weekend golf guys
3: they'll pay a lot of money to pxg and tylus and callaway and on, and on and on right how many yards do you think you're gonna pick up with that extra i think i can get an extra five to ten what if i give you 15 to 20 <laughs> you pay me more jeff smith right? teaches on the sliding scale <laughs> those weekend golf guys the
4: podcast part of the believe network just search b-l-e-a-v on youtube or wherever you listen